Welcome. What's up, everybody? This is the Walk-Ons. Walk-ons. Uh, we're back. Eric. We're back. I'm Eric. I'm Marcus. Marcus. And we're back. The Walk-Ons. Walk-ons. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, everybody? Thanks for joining us today on this lovely Sunday afternoon. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to all. We haven't... We haven't... Merry Christmas to all. ...done this in a while, so... Got a lot to yeah. talk about. Got a couple things. First and um, foremost, Marcus's skiing career. Uh, it's guess, not over yet. Guess who graduated to poles? <laughs> That's not. I didn't have to graduate. Yep. I made my own decision. There's <laughs> Talking no... about his uh, ski trip okay. during the okay. break, and I was he in, shredding in... the gnar. Okay. First of all, he informed me that he did not use poles, and then I saw a picture of him. But using I poles. okay there. They make it easier. They do. I will admit. That's what I'm saying. When I first learned, they didn't give them to us, and I thought I didn't need them, but I realized they made it easier. They it's not. It easier. It's not a big deal. Don't make a big deal out of it. Okay. <laughs> God. Anyways. Dang it. Welcome in Eric. the Walk On Show, <laughs> your favorite sports uh, uh, podcast. Um, top five, hopefully. Hopefully, top five sports uh, podcast. We're gonna talk some. Exciting UT football news. Mm. We're going to talk mm. some NFL playoffs. Mm. Maybe some Dallas Cowboys victory. Hold maybe on, some... hold on. You got to give me a second. Okay. All right, maybe yeah. some NBA, too. Yeah, okay. Because um, we have nowhere to be. That's and also, you have nowhere to be. Yeah, if you're watching us right now, here. you got no place to be. So... <laughs> Stay tuned, because we're going to be here for a while. Five uninterrupted hours. Yeah. No, let's kick it off. What do you want to talk first, Marcus? Let's do it. First. Oh, no. Anyways, let's freaking go. Let's freaking go. Hook them horns. The most exciting time to be a UT football fan in the last decade, ten years, decade, I'd say, since maybe two thousand nine. Yeah, two thousand nine. I think I lost a button here, (laughs) Marcus. Got into it. Anyways, anyways, wow. Uh, UT Longhorns take a victory in the Sugar Bowl over the overrated. University of Georgia Bulldogs. Don't call them overrated, though, because that means that we beat a bad team. That's true. We beat a, good a very team. good team. They were perfectly rated. Yes. Um, what a win. I mean, that program change. <clears throat> we've said that four or five times this year. What a win. But this time we mean it. I think that showed more than anything that this team is ready to to uh, take that next step. I, I think... And what does that mean to you? Take the so next I, step. I, I think in the the loss to Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game, that was a game where you, where you look at it and you're like, okay, this, this team's really close, but they're probably about a year away from being um, the team that... You know the, the the Texas teams of old. Um, that's going to continually compete uh, to be in a national championship, continually compete for a Big Twelve championship. But this team's really close to to being um, what Herman hopes this team to be. I think the win over Georgia. It did a lot of things. First of all, it solidified Tom Herman's the guy. I mean, not obviously that was solidified this season, but I think that if anything just really hammered in that 
Tom Herman is going to be the guy that brings back Texas in, into uh, national prominence. Number two, I think it really solidified that Sam Ellinger is far and away a good enough quarterback to um, to bring this team to the promised land. I, I really think because he, he is exactly what you want in a college quarterback. And, and we've, we've talked a lot about him, obviously, over the last uh, three months. But, I mean, first of all, Tim Tebow-esque size, Tim Tebow-esque numbers, right? Especially in the run game. I, I, I think he is just precisely what Texas needs at quarterback right now because he has made so many improvements, uh, you know, standing in the pocket and throwing the football. But I think even bigger than that. deep ball with accuracy. Yeah, I, and, and, and that's important with, with uh, the receivers that they had on this team this year. But I think more importantly, he's become a, a leader on this team. He is, I mean, and that that's unquestionable. But also he is such a big part of the run game. And it's nothing flashy, but with the offensive line that Texas had this year, there were, you know, I mean, and you could see it five or six times in that Georgia game where everybody in the stadium knew that Ellinger was going to get the ball and they were going to try to power behind that offensive line. They are going to run some kind of quarterback sweep or power or draw. And no matter, you know, how predictable it was, you can't stop it because Ellinger's just tough as nails. And, yeah. um, I mean, that's that's just so big in, in a college quarterback to have that uh, that extra wrinkle in the offense. Um, I don't know. That was a signature win, um, like John said. First big signature win. I I would argue that the win over Oklahoma was the first one um, just because, I mean, that, that was so big at the time. Um, Texas was ranked, I think, like 21. Oklahoma was a top 10 team. Um, and, you know, getting the win the way they got it on a, you know, a last second field goal. I, I think that was probably the, the first signature win for Tom Herman. But this was the biggest. I, I, this was bigger than the Oklahoma win. Obviously, bigger than USC, Iowa State. Um, I mean, th- this was. It's tough to say program changing win because at this point in the season. It's not really going to change much for recruiting. It's not. I don't know. It's. It's tough to to say that this win in itself will change a program around because the momentum was already going in the right way for Texas, but I think if anything, it was just that win in itself was the next step for Texas. It it didn't necessarily change the course of the program because the arrow was already pointing up, but. I think. That win just kind of solidified. Can we say it? Texas, Texas. is back. We're back. <laughs> that was so cool. And that is definitely going to come back to bite us. For sure. 100 Without anytime a doubt. We lose. Not, I mean, anytime we that's lose. That's the thing. LSU. We're, <laughs> we're not going to go undefeated next year. That, I mean, you, uh, that's obvious. And so yeah. anytime we lose, that's going to come back to bite us. But I still. It does not matter. I, I want to talk about that. I love the confidence. I there, There's nothing wrong with that. He, he, you know, he took hold of that moment. I mean, he he dominated in a game where we needed him to dominate. He took hold of that moment, and I mean, I there's nothing wrong with him declaring that Texas is back because you you love that kind of confidence from your quarterback. I think we are. I think we can safely say that Texas is back. And you know, it's, you know, what's really funny is people on social media still try to like nitpick little things to to try to say That's Texas true. isn't back. Yes. So <laughs> I saw one reply to a Facebook post that uh, this guy was like they're six and six or they're three and three in their last six games um, they, they lost to they lost to West Virginia you can't lose to West Virginia you can't lose to Maryland uh, you can't lose to Oklahoma State you can't lose to Oklahoma so so you're saying so you're saying you have to go undefeated for Texas to be back yeah but no one that undefeated. seems a little seems a little irresponsible agreed no, I, I, I guess that's a, a fair question. Is Texas back to discuss? Okay. I don't... I think... I don't... I thought a Big 12 championship berth meant they were back. They lost. I was like, okay. Maybe not. They lost 
to a team they had beat before. Okay, that, that maybe proves they're not bad. Then they come into this game, happen to, to, to draw a New Year's Six Bowl, hoping to be competitive, and they look dominated. And then you, you, you evaluate this roster from top to bottom, offense and defense. They have talent. And now that talent. talent is performing. Right? I, Under Strong, it was, it was just a disappointment. If now that talent's performing, if they can keep that up, and they're just going to get more recruits. You talk about how it's not going to help upcoming year, but with Tom Herman's like era in, in UT football, it, it's going to help in two years. It's going to help yeah, right. when they when they play these big games against LSU and eventually Georgia again. I think they have uh, yeah, on the Georgia docket and for, Alabama in the, for, in the future. Yeah, two years from Our now. Conference, yeah. But it's just, I think... With a ten win season, you have to say they're back. I I don't know. I to me, I don't know what back is. I don't like back to national prominence, no, competing I, for college football. I understand, spots. but that's just like I think the whole like that whole saying came into came into our view whenever ESPN made that declaration after the the win over Notre Dame that ended up. You know, not even being a, a, a big win and what was a bad season. I think, I don't know, be, being be, that's such an ambiguous term. I think if there's any point where Texas is back, it's after the win over Georgia. I mean, you, you go into a New Year's Six Bowl where pretty much everybody's counting you out. I, I mean, I don't want to pull up my preview of that game because... <laughs> <laughs> Were it's you counting it's, it's embarrassing. Well, <laughs> my score prediction. Yeah. Let's just say, I didn't have Texas winning, and I didn't think it was gonna be close. <laughs> but <laughs> no one did. But that's okay. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't close. It wasn't close. And to to go in there against a Georgia team that has been spending the whole week whining about not being in the national champion or in in the college football playoff after you know what happened to Oklahoma against Alabama and then what happened to Notre Dame against Clemson. Georgia spent that whole week complaining about that and to come in there and absolutely curb stomp. Just like, I mean, it was, it was a dominant win to say the least. I mean, it they, in every facet of the game, Texas was the better team. They were more physical. Mm -hmm. They were faster. They were better coached. They were better prepared. They looked more talented. They, they looked like far and away the better team and it didn't look better even close. quarterback looked like it. Yeah, it it just did not look close, yeah. and and so I think. I think to go in there, th that was big because, it's not just okay if you play your best. You know, against an Oklahoma or, a good West Virginia team, if 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 you play your best, then you have a shot to win. It's if you play your best, you're you're going to be the best team on the field against, almost anybody in the country. Elite team. And and that's where I think the difference comes from earlier this year where, I mean, you get the win over Oklahoma, but even then you're like, okay, did we get lucky? Like, like that was a huge win, but, I mean, we played pretty much our best and won by three points. But you go into, you know, against Georgia, who people were arguing Georgia was the best team in the country, which obviously that's not true. But, I mean, everybody was arguing for Georgia being in the playoff over Oklahoma and Notre Dame. And then you go in there and just dominate it, you know, what people think is one of the best three teams in the country, I think it should. It just goes to show that this team is back to being able to beat pretty much anybody when they are the most prepared, the most focused, and um, just the best coached team on the field. They they have yeah. the talent to compete with anybody in the country, which is everything I could ever hope for as a UT student, UT football fan. I want to talk about. A little bit about Georgia and their expectations going into this game. I think a lot of people will say Georgia was not ready. They were coming out non-motivated um, and maybe discount the win and the way that, that Texas went about winning. Um, I just don't buy it. I think Georgia was ready for the game. Um, I think maybe they were complaining a little bit. But, they, I mean, they knew they couldn't be in the playoff this year. Ohio State, if anybody besides Oklahoma would go in, or even you can't keep a Notre Dame team out that hasn't lost. Right. 
I think Georgia knows with with a two loss um, non conference champion, they're not going to get into this playoff. Um, and at that point, uh, like Georgia should be, and I think did dedicate themselves to try and prove the committee wrong, right? And and they came out looking like they were ready to play. They just weren't as good as UT in this game. And so I don't want to discount or allow people to discredit UT's win here. It was it was dominant in every sense of the word. Um, and I think Georgia was ready for it, and they just got blown out. I don't know. I I don't agree with it either. I, th- I think that's the, the SEC diehards just trying to, you know, disprove, di- discount what, what Texas did. I will say Georgia was missing two of their best defenders, um, which definitely had an impact. But on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, G- Georgia came in as – one of the best rushing teams in the country, if if not the best, um, and I mean I mean they were they were averaging I think it was like 130 yards, r- rushing yards a game, um, against SEC opponents, and they carried the ball it was like 25 times for 79 yards something like that, um, that te- they they were just I mean that that is not a lack of preparation that is not Oh, they weren't focused. That is, they just got absolutely beat um, from the point of attack. They're, the, at the line of scrimmage, they were uh, Texas was dominant on, on both sides of the ball. And at, at the beginning of the game, um, remember the announcer saying, "You know, can Texas hold up at the line of scrimmage? Because these, the, you know, these Georgia linemen are, are just better athletes than these Texas guys." And not, they didn't just hold up; they dominated at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Um, Georgia ended up rushing for, you know, 72 yards on the game. Uh, Jake Fromm was continually under pressure. Um, and I just think to, to go up against a team as talented up front as Georgia and just be more physical and, and physically dominant, um, I mean, that's huge. That, that shows that Texas, I mean, it, Tom Herman said it all year. He, he thought Texas was the most physical team in the Big 12. Um, and I, I think he was right. I, I think this proves it right here. Because you go into this game against an SEC team and everybody's saying, oh, you know, how are they going to match up with the physicality, the size of, of this SEC defense, this SEC offensive line? And they, they didn't just match up. They, they were just completely dominant. Two things. One, this uh, one-two punch in the Georgia backfield. <laughs> of DeAndre Swift and Elijah Holyfield was supposed to be the most intimidating backfield pair in the nation. Um, And I think they have been for the majority of the year. DeAndre Swift was one of the best backs in the nation. Uh, In the Sugar Bowl, eight carries for 12 yards. Um, Elijah Holyfield looked a little bit better with 12 carries for 62 yards, but these guys were averaging, uh, I think, over 150 yards a game. Um, So not only that... But the UT rushing attack somehow came out of nowhere. Uh, Trey, Watson Trey Watson had himself a day. Um, it, it looked like we could command uh, the ball through running the football. It, it was it was something I, I really didn't anticipate against this Georgia defense, regardless of them not having um, right. those key defensive players. Uh, but yeah, we had a rushing attack, which was so surprising. So I got to hand it to the offensive line because they came to play. Um, like you said, yeah. both sides of the ball um, in the trenches. We really won this game there. And then I think we also won this game with quarterback play. And it wasn't flashy quarterback play, um, yeah. but it was effective, smart, um, taking care of the ball and making the throws you need to while also using his legs that Sam Ellinger provided for this team. Um, and then how Jake Fromm came up short. I think one of the most striking developments of this 2018-2019 season is the fact that Sam Ellinger doesn't make mistakes anymore. He, he does not make mistakes with the football. He threw five interceptions on the year. Two of them came against Kansas and two of them came against Maryland. Um, so that means against all of their opponents, he threw one interception. Um, he has not made bad throws. He doesn't um, force balls. He, he I mean, that, that's what we saw last year is trying to make you know too much happen when the play is not there and he just doesn't do that anymore and I mean that's that is a huge development for him in his career and um, here at Texas that's just that that's going to be so important and, and like I said 
he's exactly what you need in a college quarterback, and, and that plays into it. It's the fact that he no longer makes those bad mistakes. And so if you have an offense that, I mean, is more physical than any other offense in the Big 12, um, then you're going to be able to run the ball down their throat. You're going to be able to, to complete these short passes. Texas, they, they showed the stat early on in the game. Texas had no plays of over 50 yards the, the whole season. Um, that's but, wild. But when you have a quarterback that doesn't make mistakes and you have an offensive line that's just going to bully people off the line of scrimmage, then you, you don't need big plays to be a successful offense. It's, it's funny because a lot of times in, in college football, that's kind of where we're moving towards is the – you know the long strikes that, that that's what made Oklahoma Alabama so successful offensively this season is because they just had playmakers that um, were threats from any point in the field. Texas was not built that way, but that's okay because they, they were built to possess the ball. They were built to keep the ball away from the defense or I'm sorry from from the opponent's offense, and they were built to grind out games like this against a Georgia team that. Should have the defense to compete against them, but just didn't. What do you think this means for UK going forward? Next season, we know Colin Johnson's coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of key pieces will be back because it's a young team. Right. Um, how, how, how high are your hopes for next season? Um, is this Should we pump the brakes a little bit? Are we two seasons away? What do you think? I th- the, the key is going to be defensively. O- offensively, I mean, this team is going to look – there, there's no reason that this team should take a step back um, from this season. They, they're returning at least eight of their offensive starters. Um, the key piece being Sam Ellinger and then Colin Johnson on the outside. We still don't know about little Jordan Humphrey, so that could be nine. Um, they're going to lose two offensive linemen. Uh, but, I mean, returning three is great. And then you return Keontae Ingram um, in place of Trey Watson. I think the offense, if anything, is just going to look better. Uh, Ellinger showed so much progression from year one to year two. It makes me think that if he – I mean, there's no reason for me to believe that he's not going to absolutely grind this offseason because I I think he knows what's at stake this next season and and, in his senior year. Um, So if he takes the next step as a quarterback and – which for him, I I think that is – going to be making those big plays. Um, it's going to be completing the ball downfield a little more. Um, I, I think that's the next step for him. But right now, he's, he's pretty much done um, anything we could, you know, we can ask him to as, uh, as a college quarterback. But I think that the offense, offensively, Texas is looking great next season. Defensively, they're losing um, eight starters. And up front defensively is where it's really going to hurt. They replaced a lot of guys with guys that played throughout the season, which is great. Um, you look at Jeffrey McCulloch, uh, the linebacker. He uh, he had to make a few spot starts. Uh, you look up front, they did a lot of rotation on the defensive line, especially um, in the Sugar Bowl. So you've got guys that have experience up front. Um, but at the same time, can you replace the talent of you know, Charles Amenahue, can you replace the talent of, um, gosh, Gary Johnson. Gary Johnson. Um, and then outside, you're looking at your two starting corners, um, Devontae Who Davis. Who quietly had a nice season. They, they especially late in the season. It they didn't were, look pretty. They were very nice. But they were really good corners. Um, so in, in their place is going to be Anthony Cook. He'll, he'll probably be starting next year. Um, and then... You know, B.J. Foster will be starting in that secondary because you've got P.J. Locke on. You've got um, Brandon Jones maybe coming back. So the, the defense is where it's really going to be key. Do they have enough bodies to step in and be the defense that can sometimes carry this team to a win? We saw it early on in the season. Mm-hmm. The offense did not get off to a great start this year. It's, it's kind of easy to forget, but... I mean, against Kansas State, the defense absolutely carried that team to the win. Against Kansas, the defense really carried that team to a win against Kansas. Um, I mean, Baylor with Ellinger injured. There were certain games that 
Texas would not have won had it not been for some key players on, on the defensive front. And so can they replace them with enough talent this year? That's, that's going to be where we see whether Texas takes the next step or, you know, maybe takes a step backwards next year. That's a great point. I love, yeah, John, you said it. Caden Stearns will be healthy. I think he's going to be mm-hmm. the heart and soul of that secondary. He's a talented, talented young player, um, a guy who I could foresee going to the league early. Um, he's playing that well. Yeah. Uh, and especially with him healthy and another year of experience, uh, that's going to be a key piece for the defense. I just think Tom Herman has his system set up. Yeah, and absolutely. He's such a good coach. I'm now bought into his style. Even you bought in. Even You're not I even bought in. Yeah, even I bought he in. He doesn't care the, if you I would run in. through a brick wall for Tom Herman. <laughs> he doesn't even want you to do that. I'll, I'll do it right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tom Herman is the guy to lead this guy into, to lead this team into the next era of dominance. Dare I say Colt McCoy. Dare I say Vince Young. Oh. Um, hey, fun fa- Sam Ellinger. Yes, I'll even bring that up. Broke exactly. Vince Young's. Single season rushing touchdown uh, for a quarterback record. I think he had 16 touchdowns this year. That that development was huge. I mean, and th- and that's something that again last year we did not see from Ellinger. Um, and this season he came in and was just so effective, uh, pretty much in every facet of his game. So it's it's going to be big if Ellinger can stay healthy next year. That offense. There's Watch no out. reason to expect it not to just be rolling. I mean, Colin Johnson coming back is massive. I mean, that's that's everything because. Do you think it's the right play for his career? I think so. I think I, it's. I think he can only benefit from another year healthy, and uh, improving his draft stock. I think it was a is a beneficial decision for both the team and for him. What are your thoughts? So, I I read that he and Humphrey each got mid to late round uh draft grades so that's that's probably you know third fourth to seventh round draft grades which is a little bit lower than i expected um i kind of expected second to fourth uh for both of them now here's here's my thought process for this so colin johnson has has already announced that he's coming back and that really makes me think that lj is going to be leaving um and i obviously i have no reason other than my own speculation to think this. I, I'm, I'm not close to the situation or anything. But my, my thought process, if I'm LJ, you have the mid to late round draft grade. And I think part of that is just because you're on a team with Colin Johnson. And as good as LJ was this season, and as, I mean, he put up better numbers than Johnson did, but as good as he was, he, he was almost overshadowed by Johnson's brilliance, you know, just being that big-bodied, go-up-and-get-it receiver, um, which LJ is, but Johnson is just better at that aspect of his game, right? And so I don't know if LJ improves his draft stock by coming back for another year. Colin Johnson absolutely can because I think he's going to put up better numbers last year than he did this year. LJ put up a, about as good of numbers as he could have, and... I just I don't know if he can improve on those numbers, and I don't know if there's other parts of his game that he can improve. I mean, he was he was the Swiss Army knife of that offense. He did everything, and so I don't know if there's anything else he can do to prove himself more in in, in college football than he did this year. And so if I'm LJ, I'm I'm looking at that and maybe thinking you might as well just go get your money because I just with with his special ability to run after the catch, I I I got to think that he's gonna make something of that in the NFL. And so if he just goes out there right now, I, I feel like that might be a good move for him. But but I I mean, John, you said it. They, they might be a package deal. LJ might want to come back for more too. I mean, Colin Johnson, his, his message was clear. There's unfinished business with that team. And so if LJ has that same mindset of, I want to come back, this team is going to be something special next year, then – you know that that could be the deciding factor in, in his decision whether to go pro or not. What's your one hot take going into the twenty nineteen season? I think Sam Ellinger is a Heisman candidate. Mm. I think because here's I mean, I mean like we said he's he took every next step he could have coming into this season. If he continues to progress passing in the pocket, which he was much better this year than he was last year. If, if he continues to get better, 
and he starts consistently putting up games like he did against Oklahoma where he had, you know, 320 passing yards, three rushing touchdowns, and uh, two touchdowns through the air, which I think he can on a consistent basis if he stays healthy, then I think he'll be in the running for for Heisman this year. And, I, you know what, it, it, it's funny to look back at takes that happened last year. I'm, I want to try to – I don't think I'm going to be able to find this, so I'm not even going to try. Uh, <laughs> Paraphrase. Uh, I think it was – I'm trying to remember. I think it was uh, UT's Barstool affiliate tweeted last year – at the, or at the beginning of this last season, you know, what what are your takes for this season? doesn't have to be record. And you scroll through the list, and it said, Ellinger's not going to take the next step. Quarterback play will be the biggest issue on this team. Um, Ellinger isn't the guy that will lead this team, uh, you know, to a Big 12 championship. Shane Bouchelle's the better quarterback. Just all this. <laughs> and, 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 I mean, he just proved everybody wrong. I mean, proved even me even long uh, yeah, even Longhorn fans, he, he proved wrong, and so I I, I got to think that he is going to continue to get better, right? I, I just I, I can't see him taking a step back after the massive leap forward that he took this last season. But if we make early declarations like that, like we did last season, maybe he'll prove us wrong <laughs> in a bad way. Yeah, but I I'm excited for next year. I'm I'm already thinking about buying away. Away game tickets. I think Baylor. Want to go to Baylor? Yeah. Or sure. go to Waco. Cause, Not far. I mean, they're, that's another team. Matt Rule's getting looks from NFL teams. He's. I mean, he's been great. He's turned that program around in one year. Yeah. So. Interesting. He should stay. I think he will for now. I. I think give him a couple more years and he. He's got that program, all the way back up and we'll see. Here's but my hot take. What's your hot take? Scalding. Mm. Um, I don't know if I'm gonna like this. UT college football playoff next oh, year. Oh my gosh! I don't. I Not don't only like that. that ah! <laughs> college football playoff win. <laughs> so they're in the national championship. I won't guarantee a championship, but <laughs> yeah, you don't want to get. You don't want to give a hot take. No. <laughs> a win. Wow. That means a win, Marcus. So, who do they lose to in the regular season then? Oklahoma? Yeah. And then beat them in the Big 12 championship? I, I would think they would beat LSU they would at home. split with them. Beat they Iowa easily, State on the road? Easily. Beat Oklahoma State at easily. home? Beat Baylor and Waco? Mm-hmm. We'll be there, so that's That's true. Penciled. That's a big advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that is I a just, hot take. I foresee a win versus LSU. I think I and do, too. And then I think you split against OU, because OU would be good again. I, I really like the way, and I'll be, I mean, it is so early. We have no idea the rosters yet. But if you're going off of this year, I like the way that Texas matches up against LSU. Um, I think it's similar to how LSU matched up against Georgia and how Texas matches up against Georgia. I mean, those are two wins, two of the teams that beat Georgia this year, I, I think. Um, With a win against Georgia... Sky's the limit right now for, for my predictions. You might have to cool that down. Dynasty. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Tom Herman. Stop throwing these words around. <laughs> NFL coach. They mean something. You can't just throw words around sure like can. that. Sure I can. Sure I can. Come on. Home of the hot takes. Walk That's true. We are the home of the hot takes. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> We're evolving as a show. <laughs> Slightly getting warmer. We're taking the next step. Uh, if you guys have any YouTube Walk comments, back. comment on in on Facebook Live. Uh, we're live right now. We're also recording the show. So hopefully this will be on uh, streaming platforms. iTunes, maybe. Yes. If you're um, watching so we'll make now an and you just sure. want to hear it again, hear the, the fight song that we played. The entire fight song. Yep. <laughs> Congratulations to the UT Longhorns program. You've made the walk-ons proud. Yep. We're proud to be affiliated with I would, the UT. I would like to formally apologize to... Almost everybody. Bevo. Yep. Bevo, I'm so sorry. Bevo took out his anger on you on Tom Herman. Uga. I deeply apologize. Sam, Yeah. I wish I could give you a hug right now because I'm so sorry for my prediction. You want to know my prediction? Yes. Texas 21, 
Georgia 38. That was my my prediction. Just, okay. Going into that game, there was no reason to be confident. I, I, there was no reason to be confident, right? I was confident. That, that, that was a Georgia team that had narrowly lost to Alabama. I mean, in, they, they, they'd played Alabama twice in the last two years, and Alabama had led for a total of three minutes in those two games, mm-hmm. right? I, there, there was just no – because I honestly didn't think Texas matched up very well, given the fact that up front Georgia should have been dominant. They should have run the ball. I mean, because we saw teams like West Virginia run the ball over this Texas defense, right? And that's not to say this wasn't a great Texas defense, but they, they had struggles with the run at points this year. And so there was, I don't know, Jake Fromm has quietly had an excellent year. Um, I don't know. I there, there was nothing that going into that game made me think, okay, I, I really think Texas will win this one. It, it's not to say I didn't think we had a chance. But if, if I had to put money on it, I would have taken Georgia plus the points. And I apologize to everyone. I am so sorry. Apologize. Bevo. Tim Yoder. Bevo. <laughs> Tim Yoder. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Josh Matthews. Josh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Josh. Um, I'm, I'm so disappointed. I was wrong. And I will own up to that. I, I will never count out this texas team again until they lose and then i will that's what we're here for yep <laughs> that's what you come takes. to the walk-ons for shall we move on yeah let's do it i wish we would never have to move on because it was possibly the greatest football game i've seen in a long long time i mean and the score doesn't even do it justice no it, i mean it, it was a garbage time touchdown that, that made it seven points yeah i would love to talk nfl let's do it um, playoffs Can this we weekend, wild card rounds. Are the Colts going to win the Super Bowl? The Colts look mighty good right now. I I had them over the Texans yesterday. I was right. <laughs> <laughs> I did not, but here's why. I like Deshaun Watson in high-pressure situations. Prove me wrong. Andrew Luck <laughs> is now on a hot streak, and I think they'll beat the Chiefs. Dude, they... They're the hottest team in football right now. They started out what one and five, I think they started out one and five and then won nine games in a row, if I'm right. Um, could be wrong, but they're the hottest team in football right now. They've got a great offensive line. Finally, Andrew Luck. Yeah, second team in, in NFL history to start out one and five and make the playoffs. Okay. They've got a great offensive line. That's huge. Their defense revamped. They've, they've got probably the two best rookies. I, I would argue, okay, the two most important rookies in the NFL this year, and Darius Leonard, linebacker, and Quentin Nelson, the guard. Right. If, if they don't draft those two guys, they're not in the playoffs. Darius Leonard has been incredible. pro I mean, linebacker. Well, he'll, I mean, he's, he's going to win. He should win defensive rookie of the year. Quentin Nelson obviously won't win Offensive Rookie of the Year because they don't give that to guards. But he he's making the he has a highlight reel as a guard. That never happens. That doesn't happen. He I mean he is making the offensive line almost fun again. It's it's crazy. And and he is almost every game you see him go up against an, an all pro defensive lineman and just dominate. Quentin Nelson's excellent. The Colts' defense is, is good enough. Andrew Luck is phenomenal. Honestly, I, I think Andrew Luck's one of the best, the five best quarterbacks in the NFL right now, this year. Oh, yeah, of um, course. I might say top three. And so, that I mean, that team's rolling. T.Y. Hilton has been great. That team's Just rolling. Just in time for my fantasy football win. <laughs> hey. Another dub that happened <laughs> since we last talked. Your boy won the fantasy football league. Get out of my face. Get out of my face. Come on now. Yeah. Congratulations to myself. I'll be hearing that um, for a long time. I'm a champ. What can I say? I'm just a winner. Anyways. Winners win, Marcus. The Colts are also winners. And 
And they, they dominated I, it, the, it, the It really looks like there's a great chance Texans. they make it to the Super Bowl from the AFC side. I don't I don't think the Chiefs defense holds up. Nope. Um, I don't think the Patriots are good enough. I, I just I don't think the Chargers I there there's no team to me that looks better than uh than the Colts right now. You don't think the Chargers can beat the Colts? No. I, I think the Colts are a better team. Much better team. Which is weird. One and five. Who would have thought? No. Not me. I definitely didn't think. Absolutely not. I, I thought Andrew Luck would be able to come back. Not like this. Yeah. Let's talk Chargers Ravens. Stay on the AFC. Um, Chargers look good. Uh, Lamar Jackson had a chance for a playoff debut. Um, had been pretty much red hot with the Ravens yeah, since coming to start. <laughs> until, yeah, until they the game. They fumbled three of the first eight plays from scrimmage. Unfortunate. That's <laughs> not what you want. Uh, not ideal. It doesn't make him look very good. But <laughs> here's the thing. Um, the Chargers look good. I like what they're doing. Um, to me, they're about as good as the Chiefs. And like, if the Chiefs are beatable by the Colts, then I think the Chargers are beatable by the Colts. Now, no, the Patriots I, I are always a wild card in the in the playoffs, no matter how bad or or yeah inconsistent they've been in the regular That's season. That's fair. Um, don't count out the goat, but Bill Belichick. Yeah. Okay. But it's just hard to see anybody beating these Colts teams. Uh, let's move to the NFC. Right now, Eagles three, Bears three at halftime. Bears six. Oh, Bears six at halftime. Wow. Uh, just updated. Uh, prediction for that game. I picked the Bears to win it beforehand. I'm not a coward, so I'm going to stick with the Bears. But I don't know. I It's it's worrisome to me. <laughs> it's kind of a lose-lose for the Cowboys in, in, in a sense. If the Eagles win... Dang, the Eagles win, but <laughs> but you play the Rams, and I, I as a Cowboys fan, I'd I'd much rather play the Rams. Um, but the the thinking that I've been talking about today is you're probably gonna have to play the Saints at some point, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know if it's gonna make a difference. I think the Bears are a less experienced team than the Eagles, and so. I don't know. I I almost like the Eagles over the Saints more than I like the Bears over the Saints. Um, or the Bears over the Rams, if, if that happens. But, I don't know. I, I think, I mean, the fact that it's 6-3 to three at halftime, that's not what you want from the Eagles offense. Nick Foles, obviously not um, having a day, but... I don't know. I I really do like uh, what the Bears have done this season. I, I think the Bears are the better defensive team, and as we've seen in the playoffs, that's that's everything. Is can you play defense against you know these high octane offenses and shut them down in their own house? So I I, I I like the Bears in this one still, but as a Cowboys fan, I'd almost rather have the Eagles win just so um, the Cowboys can play the Rams in the second round. Speaking of defenses that can shut down high-powered offenses. The Dallas Cowboys Big D is back. You know what they call themselves? The Hot Boys? Yeah, the Hot Boys. It's the Hot Boys up front. Those D linemen. Some Hot Boys. Antoine Woods coming out of nowhere. I mean, absolute nowhere. Undrafted. (laughs) Um, And he is, I mean, he's been a huge part of that defensive front. Huge in, in many ways. He is large man. A large guy. <laughs> to say the least. Man smelled out a screen yesterday. Yeah, Did you see that? and just lit the uh, running back. He was back the up. reason that Russell Westbrook had negative passing yards Russell in the first Westbrook. half. Oh my gosh. It happens. Russell Westbrook had negative <laughs> passing yards. That's true. It happens. it happens. Russell Wilson had negative passing yards in the first quarter. Yep. Um, due to Antoine Woods. Antoine Woods. Tank Lawrence is, I mean, living a, up to his name. He's a mean man. I, they, the, the Cowboys have got to extend him. They, there's no reason not to extend him. He 
this is the second year in a row that he's proven that he's worth the money. Um, I mean, he's he, he played and he played great against the run yesterday. That's that's what I love to see. He he's obviously a great pass he was rusher, dominant. But he was so against good the against run. the run. Um, Three or four tackles for loss, but he was in in the yeah. thick of it, and he wasn't too cool field. to be just that pass rush specialist. He's the guy that's gonna work hard, man. He's gonna make the plays that he's capable of making every down that he's on the field. Yep. They for sure need to extend his contract. Um, let's run through the defense a little bit. You you love what the defensive line did, containing Russell Wilson. Don't um, love the game that Byron Jones had yesterday. That was that I. I don't think he played great on the on the big pass on the big pass play to lock it that you know kind of made it a game in the very end. Um, I have no idea what he was doing. It it looked as if he thought he had safety help over the top because he was playing the out route and he he played outside and then let Lockett get by him and then Lockett was gone and there was nobody over the top. I mean that that obviously could have been just a busted coverage, but. I don't, I don't love what Byron Jones did yesterday. Chidobe Awuzie has arguably been the best defensive back over the last four weeks for, for Dallas. He's, he's been great. He has made huge strides this season. Um, you know, first year as a starter. But I, I still think that secondary, if they stay healthy, is is good enough. I mean, they, they've got some really good players. In the, uh, Jeff Heath, what an animal. He, uh, he, he, was, he was good yesterday. Um, banged up a little bit, mm-hmm. but you know he's coming back. Yeah, I just I if if that secondary stays healthy, the pass rush is good enough. Um, and then you you can't even begin to explain the importance of the young linebacker mm. duo, Jalen Smith, Leighton Van Der Esch, who we did not foresee coming. How fun is that to watch, though? It is so much. Oh fun. my gosh! That, I mean, I I there hasn't been a defensive duo like that that I've been ex- this excited about ever uh, I I mean those two guys first of all you can tell they love playing together which is awesome that's that's a lot of fun to see but I mean those two guys just have I, I love their instincts they've got great feel for the game I think the reason why they're playing over Sean Lee right now is because they're both they're both a lot more athletic than Sean Lee is that's the thing yeah. Sean Lee has the experience. I mean, he is he is the guy that's that knows what play is going to happen before they run it. But both those guys are just a whole lot more athletic than he is. And I think, to me, it seems like both those guys have a ceiling that's about as high as Sean Lee's, but they might stay healthy. And, I, I mean, we might see an, an all-pro linebacking duo for the next 10 years in Dallas, which is so important. I mean, that – I. You don't win six out of seven games without those guys playing like they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, Van Der Esch, especially Van Der Esch out in space. I mean, he, he doesn't – what I love about him is he, he combines the old-school linebacker size with the new-school linebacker athleticism. It, he's, he's huge, but he's so good at – Making tackles, you know, one-on-one tackles, tackles out in space against guys that are probably should be faster than him, probably should be quicker and be able to make cuts around him. He is big enough to be an old-school linebacker, but he is so athletic for his size. And so, I mean, I, I think Van Der Esch is is the next great one on this Dallas defense. And if they can keep him, Jalen Smith, Tank Lawrence for a while, that defense is not going anywhere. Byron Jones. Aaron Jones, Jadobi Awuzie. I mean, that, that's a young secondary, too. It's, it's a young defense. The Cowboys are the youngest team in the playoffs. It's um, exciting. And it's so exciting. Hot take, Sean Lee's in his last year as a Cowboy. That's John. I don't know if that's a hot take. Uh, I think he'll forever be a Cowboy. I think they'll hire him as a coach, and they should. I don't know if he – I mean, I don't think he's done playing football, I think though. he might be. I, I think he realizes his time has passed. He's either got to move on or – they got a different role. I don't know. Call him the new Kellen Moore. <laughs> Much more impressive, though. Yeah. I love Sean Lee, too, so that's hard to fathom. It is but hard to see him. It's, it's, it's almost like watching Romo get phased out by Dak. Yeah. It's like you spend your whole childhood watching this guy, and you love him, but you know what they say. 
you love something, make him a coach. That's what they say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk a little bit. Zeke was dominant. Oof. Um, he's so good. He's so so he, good. The offense has to run through him. I think 130 rushing yards, 130 plus, uh, plus three or four receptions for another 30 yards. Um, the man's insane, and he he pounds away, and then will break a few. Well, I yeah, you don't see it coming. I think his best aspect as a runner is his ability to turn pretty much every you know zero to one yard gain into three or four yards. Yep. And I mean, he he does that consistently. You rarely see him get knocked back. He's always falling forwards, which is kind of a cliche thing to say about a running back. But, I mean, he epitomizes toughness. He's, he's big, he's physical, but he obviously has the breakaway speed to make those big runs too. Um, I, I just love what he's able to do. Like you said, just pound out runs. I, I do have a big problem with this offense though. Okay. I think they are so predictable. I, I, I saw a, a, a drive chart of their first six drives. Mm-hmm. And every time on first down, it was alternating run and pass. Whether they, If they pass on first down, they ran on second down. If they, if they ran on first down, they passed on second down. Every single time. And, I mean, it, it was – part of it is you want your running game to be so good that a team can expect it and you still get four yards, right? But you've got it. You've got to just cut him loose sometimes. Yep. Dak is at his best when he's when he's creative, and he's he's making plays with his feet outside the <coughs> pocket, and he's also at his best in play action. And if, if if you're doing play action on first down, that's when Dak Prescott is is gonna get those big plays that they don't have a lot of this season, right? Yep. The offense has just gotten too predictable. I, it's it's gonna come back to bite them if if um if they can't break out of those habits, right? The Saints defense is good, and I, I think the Saints defense is probably the best defense other than the Cowboys um, on the NFC, right? Maybe the Bears, uh, just because of Khalil Mack, just adds so much to that defense. But if you go up against the Saints next round, you cannot be as predictable, right? Or I mean, or you're just not going to be able to move the ball down the field. Um, there were just quite a few times when you saw the Seahawks load eight guys in the box. And, and ran it anyways. And that's just, that's unacceptable. And, you know, part of that, I, I got to think, is on Dak. He's, he's got to learn when to check out of some runs if they're just loading up the box. Um, but the, the play calling. Linehan has got to be better. Um, he's got to be less predictable. Because yesterday, there it was, there were drives that were just grueling because... You knew exactly what was about to happen. As as an, I mean, and that's and that's me as a, a fan, knowing exactly what they're about to run. If if and if I can predict it, then obviously, the Seahawks defense can predict it. Um, but all that to say, they still were able to make things happen because Zeke is just so good, and Dak. I I love what Dak has been doing the last couple weeks. He is. I mean, he's been a playmaker and he's been a winner, right? And and that's what you need from your quarterback if you have a defense as, as good as they have. You don't need a guy that's going to throw for 400 yards every game, uh, but you need a guy that, that doesn't take bad sacks, doesn't make bad decisions, and just makes plays when you need them. And that's what he was yesterday, and that's why they won. He had he, he carried that team. It, it was the first time I've seen Dak carry that team to a win in a while, and that was as good of a game as, as Zeke had. I still think Dak Prescott carried that offense to a win. We talk about how Dak's at his best based on play call. When you cut him loose, I think you see Dak at his finest um, when he's cut loose, per se, when he's driving down the field uh, to win a game in the fourth quarter. Um, That's when he's making plays with his feet. He's being aggressive with his throws. He, he, he challenges people downfield, whether it's to Gallup or uh, Slanta Cooper. Um, they're not running on first down every single drive. Exactly. Um, and you're still utilizing Elliott in different 
ways. I mean, you have pitch plays, you have uh, screen passes, you have him as a receiver. Um, this, that's not to say to get away from Zeke, but you see this count time and time again. He's got, uh, it's like a, the stats, eight fourth quarter comebacks and 14 game-winning drives, and, and he had his 50th career start yesterday. So in 50 games, um, that's 22 times he's come, uh, come back in the game and won it for them. He's a winner, like we said. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's on Scott Linehan when this offense is not functioning right because they, they have the pieces. Dak's not the pocket passer. Um, he's not even, I think, as good of a quarterback right now as Russell Wilson. Similar style mm, of play. Absolutely not. But he's not a good enough uh, thrower to hang with the best of them in that category. But he's still capable of winning these games, especially with this defense and with Zeke. Um, and so you got to adapt the way you're calling plays. And I think you see them do that when they have to. Uh, I think I think I agree with what you're saying, though. It's going to come back to bite them when they play a better team um, and their defense has maybe an off day. I just think – well, I, I don't know why they don't go up-tempo more often because it seems like when Dak gets in a rhythm, that's when he's, you know, performing at his best. When, when they're running the ball and – getting in the huddle, you know, for, for every down. I mean, that's fine because with the offensive line and, and with Zeke, it, it works. But Dak is, is at his best when they're up-tempo, they're, he gets in a rhythm throwing the ball, um, and he's able to make plays with his feet. And I don't know. I just think there's a lot of adjustments that clearly need to be made to that offense that haven't been made yet. And – it's, it's hard to be frustrated after a playoff win, but I'm frustrated because it looks like there's not going to be coaching changes for the next eight years now <laughs> because we just won another playoff game. Mm-hmm. And so I just th- there's got to be change to this offense because it was so effective their rookie year, and, and that's before you know teams had tape on them, right? And that's before they figured out Dak and his weaknesses. You've got to adjust now, and they, they still haven't found a way to adjust to play to Dak's strengths. Um, but all that to say, it was a great win yesterday. I mean, that that was a, that was a huge win. And, I mean, the defining moment came from Dak Prescott when, you know, ran on the quarterback draw on third and 14. I love that play call. That is the, that is the counter to, to pretty much everything that you're doing on third and long all day long. Mm-hmm. Right? All, all day – Second and third and long, Dak's dropping back. They're you know the Seahawks are dropping back in, into a into a zone, a, a softer zone, and then Dak's throwing it short. They're rallying to the football, right? So they drop guys back, spread out the defense, and then you get blockers down the field, and Dak just makes it happen with his feet. I mean that that was a you'd like to call that a culture play because, I mean. That, that just showed right there how much of a winner Dak is. Um, I, I loved watching that play. Good play call. As, mm-hmm. as much as we just harped on um, Scott Linehan, that was a great play call right there. Just the counter to everything you've been doing all day long, um, which you've got to make those adjustments, and, and that was a great one right there. Dak decided he was going to do everything in his power to called get game. those 14 yards. Dak called game. Incredible. Said, game. And then he gets to sneak in for the touchdown. Yeah. Um, love it. Love when the Cowboys are doing well. I love the Cowboys' playoff victory. Every playoff victory, especially in these playoffs, I think are is a is a great win. And I did not expect it. I did not expect a Cowboys team in the playoffs. If you had asked me in Week Five, so I'm taking what I can get. I think they have potential to beat the Saints. I think they be can definitely beat the Rams. I think they can. I, if the defense plays to their absolute best ability, I think we it's, can do it. It's going to be on the defense. B- yep. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's just tough to beat a great team twice in one year. Yeah. Doable, though. We'll be watching. It's definitely doable. Really quick. Mm-hmm. Last thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of NBA updates since the last time we talked. Lots of them. Uh, and we can't, do a, we can't do a pod on Wednesday. Can't do a pod on Wednesday. I'm going to be high on drugs. That's right. From my mouth. <laughs> Wisdom teeth. Yep. Getting up. Maybe we'll do one. Honestly, I was thinking about it. Nobody wants to see that, though. No. A little bloody. Nobody, yeah, nobody wants to see that. Um, so Harden's back. Yeah. 
James is back. James is back. Um, Derek Rose, all star. I mean, maybe. Maybe. Hasn't been finalized Maybe all star captain. Maybe. <laughs> Just so awesome. You love that story. Yeah, that's a, um, I mean, it's it's absurd, but I love it. Uh, Luca going off as usual. Mm-hmm. Love to see as a Mavs fan. Uh, also way up there in All Star voting. Um, Lakers still playing well. Uh, not without LeBron. Not without LeBron, but when they get him back, dude, <laughs> <laughs> they've been terrible without LeBron. Actually, uh, I mean I you're actually like one right. and five. You're actually right, but they're better than I thought in the West since we've last convened with the uh, walk-ons fans. So John John just asked, is Luka an all-star? Second in West front court, fourth in the West, seventh overall in fan voting. And and here's my thoughts on it. I knew this moment was coming when we were going to talk about this, and you're not going to like what I'm about to say. Luka is an all-star. Yes, I'll answer your question. Yes, he is. He, Luka is not one of the best ten players in the Western Conference. Yeah, I... Obviously, he's not one of the best four players in the Western Conference, but he, I, I love what he's done this year, and he's been incredible for a team that so far has slightly overachieved. He is everything that we hoped he was, and it makes me really excited for the future. But right now, I, I just can't say he deserves to be an All Star. He, he hasn't. He's, he's been putting up volume shooting numbers, which. That's acceptable. I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with it, but he hasn't been shooting the ball extremely efficiently. Um, he's carrying a big load for this offense, but I mean, he's what he's averaging eighteen and a half points a night, which is which is excellent for a rookie. I mean, he he has been so good, but does he deserve to be an All Star this year? Mm-hmm. I I don't I don't think so. All right, I didn't vote for him. I voted a few times for. I voted for him. For the All Star Game, and I did not vote for him once. Did you put Damian Lillard in your in your top uh, West? I think I did. I hope I did. Court. If not, I'd be pretty upset at myself. People are saying that Luca will be the guy to keep Dame Lillard out of the All Star. Well, game. no, but he's but he he's in the front court, and Dame is the back. That's true. Is, is, you're is right. it all the same? You're right. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. That's how it works. So, anyways, yeah, I don't. I, sorry, Mavs fans. I just. I don't know if he should be, but he. I, it looks like he's going to be, which is going to be a lot of fun. I and honestly, he'll probably be an All Star for the next twelve to fifteen years. So it's fun to see him start now. Did I, I vote I think, for him? No. Uh, Kobe Bryant and LeBron James both did not make an All Star game in the rookie season. What am I saying there? I, I'm not sure. <laughs> is he better? Not making any statements, <laughs> but uh, just stating facts. <laughs> uh, give me your quick reaction to the, to what the Rockets are doing right now. Uh, James Harden's a freak. Daryl Morey said he might be the best offensive player ever. I don't think he's the best offensive player ever, but this might be the best offensive stretch of any player in basketball history. What he's doing right I mean, he... Talk about single-handedly lifting a team out of the cellar. He is doing it by himself. Just... Offensive explosion. Um, in ten games, he averaged. He's he's the third player to ever average uh, forty points over a ten game stretch. I mean, he's he's having one of the best offensive stretches of all time, and it's it's crazy to watch. It's it's one of those things, kind of like Derrick Rose, that really is just unprecedented. I mean, there are very few players that have done what he's done over the last. 12 to 15 games and as much as I don't love watching him and and I don't like the Rockets that much I do watch him on league pass because it's pretty crazy to see what he's doing night in and night out um duh. and I just the way he's doing it too it's everybody is you know focusing on getting the open look moving the ball um you know they're focusing on you know pick and roll with the bigs, uh, running the rim, running the floor, pace, and James Harden is sitting back here, shooting ISO, step back three pointers, and just dominating. I mean he's such a good offensive player, and he's doing it differently than almost everybody else in the league. It's it's pretty wild to watch, but 
You gotta love it. I, I love it. The shot I watched um, in the Houston Rockets Golden State Warriors game in overtime. Yeah. Game winner. The, the that, game well, winner. Well, it was an was, and one. They didn't call yeah, it. They didn't call it. They it was didn't an and to. one. Um, the man put it on his shoulders and won the game. Yep. With uh, with with Clay and Draymond on him. It is unbelievable what he's doing. Nothing but respect. I think that well, does it, man. Yeah. I think that does. I think that does that it. That does, does it. We'll be back soon. Um, yeah. So stay tuned. Uh, check us out on Facebook. Definitely like the page. After and get my wisdom out. Yes. We'll be back with Marcus and his big cheeks. Yeah. Yep. Maybe. We might be. Maybe. It's been a great show. It has been. Thanks for listening, guys. This is the Walk-Ons. See you guys later.